Hey y'all, it's Jamie from the BHP Podcast. Wanted to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors, Skullhooker Racks Inc., Vanguard Outdoors, Beyond the Ears, Crossman, and Stealth Cam. These sponsors are the rock behind our awesome podcast. Make sure and check them out. Now onto the show. Hey guys, we hope you're really enjoying the show. The BHP Podcast has been so much fun. If you are, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes and SoundCloud. It'd be so helpful and it really does go a long way. As usual, thank you for your support and listening to the BowHunterPlanet.com podcast. Hello and welcome to the bowhunterplant.com podcast. Myself, Dave Thomas, on Chris McGee and Bob McGee tonight. And uh, we are talking minerals and other great stuff that basically draw deer in attractants uh, of a sort, I guess you can call it. And uh, with that, we've been, you know, everybody's used a lot of these different attractants in the field. And, you know, one of the things we wanted to cover was what are some of the ones out there? And let's get some of those people on the horn so we can understand how this works and how these things are made and and then kind of the production i guess over time like our progression over time like how has this evolved into different kinds and things like that so um um we invited uh josh kinzer on from uh big and jay so uh josh welcome to the show man oh thanks for having me hey so you know the progression of attractants over time uh, i guess how would you you know, the products have, I feel like there's there's a lot more products today. You know, like when I first started hunting back in the 2000s, you know, back, well, I should say that, the 19, 1990s, 80s, right in there. But back in the 2000s, even when I was more into it as a teenager, uh, young adult, or whatever you want to call it, I I just felt like there wasn't a ton to choose from. But today, I feel like, man, I mean, I go to your guys' website, it's unbelievable the amount of different kinds of things. So I guess, how does that progress over time? Well, you know, I think as we've become more educated hunters, you know, we've looked to to find different routes to get them the most nutrition they can and, and, and you know, and use these things. Now, a lot of what we're using is, is just based off of, you know, plants and, and fruits and items that we know the deer already crave and uh-huh. eat. And, um, you know, I think one thing that really kind of kicked it out into overdrive, you know, as the attractant market was really getting going when ethanol started being used and all of a sudden field corn was, you know, went from being five ninety five a bag to twelve thirteen dollars at one point a bag. Uh, makes sense. Uh, you know, it, it kind of gave some space for, for some other things for people to go, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to try some different things too. And, and so, um, but you know, I, I know it's it's different around the country, and, and people have, you know, chestnuts and apples and, you know, persimmons and and just trying to find that right blend that's going to attract deer and, and still provide good nutrition is, I think, something we're always looking to improve on. Yeah, no, I understand that, uh, and I think that's what the consumers want. Obviously, they want something that gets better and better. Uh, out of the stuff you guys have, is anything in this, because obviously there's a lot of stuff on the website, I'm on there now, and is there anything that is like your top, top one, like the thing that you guys say like, hey, you know, it's like 90% chance that you're going to eat 100%, you know, which of these things you guys, you know, is your top oh, it, 
it'd be it'd be bb squared is our staple that's that's what our original product was and and you know that's that's just kind of um, by far our number one seller you know uh by far and you know that one the smell of it you know that's what we we added the long range attractant uh tagline to us is that i mean they can just smell it from from so far away um so you know that's that's been our number one and you know granted i sometimes it it has a bit of an overpowering smell because it is so powerful that i have seen a deer kind of circle it yeah and he may take a nibble he'll may take a nibble or so and then move on, you know, but you also got to remember that's part of the deer's survival mechanism. Yeah. They, they can't switch to a completely new diet overnight or it'll give them acidosis. Right. Um, you know, I, I saw this happen uh, on a, our central Texas place uh, a few years ago. We had the largest acorn drop we'd ever had. Well, we also had a drought and acorns were the only thing to eat. So they switched so hard to acorns. I mean, we, we know we had two deer that we can't prove died of acidosis, but I mean, when we found them, they were, their stomachs were basically, you know, filled up with acorns and it, it didn't look good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, sometimes they've just got to go around and they may nibble on it and they'll come back the next day or whatnot. But, but as long as they have those similar things in their diet, it's, it's going to be just no problem for them. And, and most of those are, it's grains, corn, um, uh, you know, with deadly dust, I mean, that's just sweet corn powder. Yeah. Right. Not, not field corn powder, sweet corn. So, you know, they, those, those two right there, those are my favorite, but that's why we also had a lot of people that kind of found that some of the mature bucks might prefer BB squared or deadly over deadly dust mm-hmm. and vice versa. So this year, that's why we came out with to die for. We just basically took the two products, put them in one bag, and nice. you know, a boom, but now a we got to die for. Damn, <laughs> all done there. Now, what but size it, do you guys offer? Lots of sizes that one. Here, it looks that like. one comes in five and twenty pounds. Okay. Um, so, it, you know, we have a lot of people that say, "Hey, this is our magic cocktail," and I mean, from everybody from TV shows, I know that's what Waddell loves doing that mixing those. So mm-hmm. we just kind of said look let's put it together and you've got you know this really cool product very cool. um you yeah. know with uh the other ones I'm, I, I for me personally i love legit our mineral um i i have very good luck with it down here in texas i find that they won't really start hitting it until about uh about mid-may for me um it just depends on the rains because you know, the deer need mineral at that time of the year. They don't need it more so than they do at other times. It's it's just that they've switched to a diet that doesn't have a lot of those minerals in mm-hmm. it in the springtime. And it's also at the time when they need to keep that mineral intake. For growing. For growing antlers yep. and for lactating and feeding fawns. Yep. So, you know, for me, I, I, I run the legit right now. I've got it. You know, I'm going down this weekend to check some more trail cams, but I mean, they're, they're digging holes for it. Um, but it's just interesting, you know, for in South Texas, they'll, they'll probably stop hitting it around mid September Mm -hmm. and just kind of, and you know, other places that don't have as high of a salt content in the soil, they may go till October. 
Um, but you know, as fall comes, they'll kind of start moving away and, and stop craving those minerals like they do now. Makes sense. So yeah. overall, it's a great product then for managing your deer herd, keeping them healthy throughout the year, pretty much. Well, you know, I had somebody like it's 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 kind of funny. You got to think about it. It's I mean, it is salt, calcium, phosphorus. You know, I mean, it's it's minerals and. Mm-hmm. You know, some, some guy wrote in and he was like, oh, I don't know about this product. The deer come by it every day, but they just take a bite of it and then they leave. Well, that's might be all they need. Though. Yeah, man. That's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> you know, you, you look at you us as humans. You don't put a whole I mean, salt block on your french fries. So, exactly. You know. A little bit here and there satisfies the need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, when it comes to testing this product, I mean, you guys do your testing, your research. Where do you guys do all that at? Well, um, we we come from the cattle industry so we've got a lot of cattle feed that is going out across the nation. So we're, that's the, the people that own us. I mean, they have been doing that for, for years and years and are experts on raising the most efficient cattle and, and getting the most out of that. So um, we have five PhD ruminant nutritionists on staff. Um, so every day we're doing research of some kind mm-hmm. and, and then you know, by the time, you know, I, I work with them, uh, Jeremy, our founder does, Aaron, our sales team does do. And as they get stuff developed, they'll then send it to us in brown paper bags and I'll put it out in central Texas and document it. And, you know, we will send it out to all across and see how the deer react and what we can do to, to make it better. Um, so there's a lot of scientific uh, sort of things that are going on. And then we, once we get it to a certain state, we start putting it out in the field and, and observing it. And we observe it, observe it for a long time. It's, you know, I'm, I'm playing with one right now that probably won't ever see the shelves till 2020 or 2021. Yeah. That's cool. And I'm, and I'm sad about that. I'm really <laughs> sad about that. That's how but, it goes, man. But that's how long it takes sometimes to test yeah, and we get everything sure. right and dialed in. And That's right. It's got to be where you guys want it before you put your name on it, right? Exactly. Because we, we don't want to market it to the hunter. We're marketing it to the deer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can I can go put some fancy names on a bag of, of rice brand mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and, and say it's going to do this to the hunter, but... That's now, I'm probably going to have that consumer for one year because yeah, he's not right. going to want to come back. It's not going to be a lifetime. Maker. I have to say that's mm-hmm. an interesting way to uh, interesting comment to make that we're marketing to the deer and not to the hunter. I love true, that though. because you're right because you're basing it basically on look, we're going to put it out there. It's going to work. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to buy it again because it works, not mm-hmm. because it's got a big name on it or you know. Um, that's a great point. Great way to look at it. Now I've heard a lot of good things about the cube. This is one product that like it. I've hunted over a couple of years and I've only seen these things get devoured, uh, when they are used. I would say that, um, a lot of people I know use the big and J cube and it, it works. There's no doubt about it. I mean, from I like a personal standpoint, yeah, and it lasts, but they still devoured. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie. They go to town on this thing. And, and I wish Jamie was in this podcast with us. Cause he used these exclusively last year. He kept buying them over and over <laughs> and over. I'm like, what? I'm like, man, doing something right. <laughs> we're going to go broke, but he was using them constantly and you know, and they work great. You know, I shot the biggest buck of my life last year and he came into that area maybe because of this. That's my point. So, you know, invariably, cool. I'll, I'll get 
some complaints during the year that say this product's great but the deer eat it too fast <laughs> you know and I, and I always just so you want me to make a product that the deer won't <laughs> right eat. um yeah you know and, and i tell you um one of the things that i i got a tip from a guy a customer it was like two years ago it was absolutely fantastic tip and there were some people that had gotten on our page and they're like gosh i really want to use these cubes but we have hogs Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if a hog gets on a cube and, and they can roll it, oh, man, it's that's, gone. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's gone. I mean, they'll eat that thing in, in a little bit. So, um, you know, of course, we have to use cattle pens and things like that that we, because of, you know, both cows and, and pigs that we have down on our places in South Texas. But, you know, a lot of other people in the Midwest and, and, and you know, Southeast don't don't readily do that. This guy had a fantastic idea. He takes four pieces of rebar and hammers three of them into the ground and then gets that that cube up, you know, 18 inches and hammers the other one in there. Mm-hmm. Well, Smart. the deer, I mean, can get to it. And, yes, the pigs can get to it, but the pigs can't take it away. They'll come and take some bites of it, but they can't yeah, roll it around right. and, and get a feeding frenzy when there's 30 hogs on it. That's um, a great point. So, yeah, it was like, wow, that's pretty good. That's very simple. So let's talk about a little bit about, so obviously the products work. You know, we've, we've like I said, we've experienced some of them here. You guys just sent us some, so I'm excited to test out a lot of those. Mm-hmm. A lot of the guys are, so thank you for doing that. And that's going to be something that we get to test this year coming up starting, like, very soon. So that's exciting to get some of the... Um, get the, you know, we'll try to put double trail cams on these now so we can see, you know, and get the results for you guys and let you know from our perspective what's happening. And then we'll do a follow-up, you know, in the fall with you on this show and talk about those results because I think it's important people like to, you know, see it from start to finish, mm-hmm. right? Um, so let's talk about Big and J as a brand. Like, how did it come about? Like, who, who owns it? Like, I guess I don't really know much about the history of it. Well, um, there's actually a really cool documentary we did telling that whole story um we've got it on our website and and our youtube page as well as our our roku channel at this point we'll cut to that video's audio so you can listen along the story behind big and jay when you hear the word american dream or the american story or whatever i i feel like that's that's me i mean I, i i i'm living a dream So one of the things I told Jeremy right off the bat when I came here, I said, you know, I was telling him, and because I'm a dreamer, I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm a never satisfied guy. When people think of Big and Jay, I don't want to think of another deer. You know, somebody says, you know, deer attracting. I don't. Uh, Big and Jay should be the only thing they think of. I mean, I want to dominate. That's just that's my mentality. It's so obviously in the world of. Uh, the, the hunting endemic. I think our, our audience has the best passion than any other culture out there. And so many times the hunting companies don't match that same passion. They're looking at dollar signs. They're looking at just another business to get into. And Big and Jay ain't really about that. They're about having good quality product, but also associating themselves, whether it's their pro staff, whether it's the TV shows they're part of, 
but also the way they handle each and every relationship. So I asked some friends, or I asked Jeremy if we could take their product and share it with some of our, uh, our friends and let them experience uh, it firsthand outside of their circle of friends. And when we did that, most of these people are getting like 30 pictures a day on their game cameras and very excited about it. And when they put Big and Jay out there, all of a sudden, or BB squared, all of a sudden they'd start getting 300 pictures. When you do that with five, 10 people, and they all come back with a similar story, you're like, wow, you know, this isn't just good, it's great. You know, I can't believe how, what this has turned into. I know when Jeremy showed up the first time, we didn't know what it was gonna be. Uh, we bought his first 5,000 bags for him, and now that uh, doesn't even make a day's production, so. Well, this is it. This is the, uh, I guess he called the original manufacturing building. Cause that was a uh, kid swimming pool on a shovel and a rake. And I just would take a bathroom scale and I'd weigh out the mineral and this and that and have all my poundage set and put it all in the tub and then just start mixing it, you know? And once it was fully mixed, uh, took a grain scoop and I'd scoop it in the 50 gallon barrel. And that's what I uh, was feeding my deer and putting in front of my trail cameras, you know. I mean, it's, it's pretty surreal. It's almost unbelievable to look back. I was making the product in my garage to give to my deer to put in front of my trail cameras. That was point unseen. That was the whole purpose. To sell the product was never a goal. It was never a dream. It wasn't even an idea. Casey, our uh, other managing partner, uh, decided that we'd uh, present our ownership with uh, being an owner of Big and J. It led to where we are today, but it really came down to the fact that our friends put it out and saw the same results in different spots. And the thing that was unique about it is it brought in big bucks, not just dough. Even though there's a lot of attractants out there on the market that bring deer in, I've never seen an attractant be a buck magnet like Big and J. I mean, just deer after deer, buck after buck. Not only they come it come the first night, but they just keep coming back and pounding it. This amount of nice bucks, there's something to be said about the aroma and whatever the mixture is that this attractant has in it because. The big bucks smell it and they come to eat it and they keep coming back and I got pictures to prove it. So it was very exciting to see people get their reaction from their game camera and uh, you know it was just an exciting experience and it just made you want to invest in something. I mean it wasn't just like generation two it was like generation 10. And when you saw that big of evolvement over all these other products, you're like, wow. Enough of my buddies and whatnot, and elbows in the back. Come on, dude, you need to sell that. You know, I was like, you're crazy. Well, I found a manufacturer, Grow Right Mineral. No idea who owned Grow Right Mineral. At that point in time in my life, I didn't care. And uh, Jerry Heido, he, uh, I met Jerry out at Grow Right, and Jerry was like, hey, calls me one day. As far as I knew, Jerry Hideout was nothing more than a guy that worked out at the plant. Nothing about the man. 
calls me one day and I was, and once again, I was a road construction worker, so I was, we rained out. It was in August, it was hot, it was muggy, it was nasty, covered in ticks and chiggers and mosquitoes, but by golly, I had a free day, I'm gonna hang my stands. So I'm out there hanging trees and Jerry Hideout calls me up and he said, you know, hey, you got time, I'd like you to come out to grow right. And I said, man, I really don't. He goes, well, let me rephrase that. You need to come to grow right. Well, lo and behold, he introduced me to the man that truly changed my life. Um, his name is Chris Dinsdale. You know, Chris is my investor. He's my partner. He's my boss, whatever you'd like to call him. He's he's the guy that has more patience and faith in, in uh, people than anybody I've ever met. Uh met with Chris and little did I know in a way it was a job interview you know Chris was feeling me out we sat there and talked for quite a while about what I do you know my life and whatnot and and long story short Chris invested in Big and J and when I say in Big and J at that point in time Big and J was a pickup and a guy driving it and a phone and that was about it I mean he invested in the product and had faith in us to be able to bring it to the forefront when I came here, I was, you know, I, I knew Jeremy, um, but when I came and interviewed, these guys were just, I mean, they were, they're my type of people. They, they believe in assembling a team and letting these guys do, do what they were hired to do and get out of their way. And, um, and that's what we've continued to do with Zach and, you know, and bringing on the right people, Josh. And, because I, I believe the team is what makes you successful. There's no one person can do it all. And, you know, you take all of our partners we've been with for a long time, strutting bucks. Now we're working with Michael. I mean, everybody in that whole place plays a, I mean, they play a big part in what we do today. You know, on a pretty regular basis, we've had people in the hunting industry as well as other TV shows ask us, how in the world have you been able to stay with one partner for so many years? I mean, we're rolling on nine, 10 years, which is a lot of times unheard of in our line of work. And the answer's kind of twofold, but it's always been really simple. One is we've never tried to look at our partners um, from a standpoint of you get to be a part of our show. We've always tried to look at it through the lens of we get to be a part of what you're doing, not you get to be a part of what we're doing. And anytime those roles get out of order, it's probably only a matter of time until you can see that partner say adios. Secondly, Big and J is a company that once you get around these guys, you can't help but want to work for them. When you get to see the inner workings of Big and J and be around the personnel that's facilitating uh, this product being put in front of the market, you look at, at Jerry and Casey and Aaron and Jeremy and Zach and Josh and Lori and, and just the entire team that's helping facilitate this Big and J movement, they are just people of integrity. They do what they say they're gonna do, they follow through, they're people of value, they value other people and all that resonates with me and I wanna be on a team like that. Not only that, they're very competitive, which I am as well and they want to they want to literally dominate a certain category of business and to see that come full circle and see them be able to accomplish that in such a short amount of time is phenomenal. To look back, I would say the company basically started in 09. Um, I experimented with the product, my base product, for four or five years, but it truly started in 09. And to see where we're at now, it's working with the industry leaders. I mean, 
I'm, I, I hate saying I work with these guys because you know what? I grew up watching these guys and now I can honestly say I'm friends with these guys. I mean, from Michael Waddell to Kenneth Lancaster to the guys at Strutton Bucks to Dean Partridge in Canada to Nick Munt to T-Bone and, and, and so many more. I've met, I've met them all and they're all just like us. I mean, it's just to see where we were to where we are is just nuts. So in 2010, I came up here on a hunt with Jeremy and one of my dealers. We're in building four. This was just, this was an empty building then. We using about half a building back then. I told Jeremy that day, that's one of these days we're gonna have all these filled. Now we had to go buy two more. We have six buildings. And Cramp pool, this is my vision from 2010. Took us a little while to get here, but this is where we are today. Go in here and check out the, this is the plant. This is where, this is where all the magic's made, right here. Uh-oh. Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, pretty good. So this is the, this is Grow, right? This is Big and Jay's sister, sister company. This is Daniel. I'm sure a lot of people that watch this have probably called and talked to Daniel. And then we got D. Uh, both of these guys are, you know, like I said, it's a team game here. And they are definitely the behind the scenes backbone muscle of this thing we call Big and J. Where it is now from where it was is, once again, it doesn't make sense. So, that's where it happens. And you know, we, this is just one section. Obviously, we, this is one of our baggers. They've got, uh, Kind of this type of chain gang i guess you'd call it like i said from where it started to where it is now it's just amazing how as the requirements and the quantities and the amount of product we need um, the bigger it gets and the more shocking the numbers are uh, once again the family way uh, they get it done ramp it up they add on machinery and keep keep banging it out we sit here and go I don't think we can get this done, and Casey and the guys go, oh, shut up, we got this. <laughs> yeah, Big and Jay, we're, we, we probably take a different approach than most. Just with our unique experience in the, in the feed, feed yard industry, we, uh, every day we have to uh, bring the cattle up to the bunk and get the best intake that we can get. And uh, so what we learned in our job every day, we, we applied to deer nutrition. and. Uh, we optimize gain every day at the feed yard by intake. And if we get deer to eat and consume feed, we also allow them to grow, be healthy. You know, people ask us every day, uh, why does our attractant work so well? And, and I think it goes back to uh, just where our roots are of being able to uh, do this as an everyday job. You know, and a lot of people don't know that we're, we're actively involved in the cattle industry here in Nebraska. And, there's, there's two million head on feed every day here, and we, we have to optimize intake every day. What really makes us unique is we have different people in our organization that specialize in certain fields, and there's really nobody in the industry that does that. You think about Big & J as a feed company or a tracting. We actually have guys that have made a living. I mean, we feed millions of cattle every day and Big and Jay's science is based off of making, you know, the animals we're gonna eat later fat and healthy in the quickest amount of time. 
You know, everybody tries to be an expert. Within our company, we have five PhD nutritionists, and you know, we make a living every day feeding cattle. Uh, but that passion still goes over to the whitetail to be able to design a, a supplement that is is optimal for them as well. For me, Big and Jay, I mean, it really shouldn't have been a surprise. Other than the product is phenomenal, uh, the way these guys come up with their products and, and what they do. They're huge in the cattle industry, which is what my background is in. And, and when you're in that business, you have to have a palatable product and you have to have a product with the nutrition content to make cattle gain weight. If they don't eat it, they're not gonna gain weight. If the nutrients aren't there, they're not gonna gain weight. And when you come at a deer feed in that same capacity, the results are what you see. I mean, they're gonna eat it, and then they're gonna gain from it. Horns, body condition, it's, it's just the way it is. We see it all the time in the cattle industry. That's what we make our money on, is putting pounds on cattle. And with the nutritionists behind these products, and them being in the field, testing, looking, feed analysis, it, they're not just coming up with something and crushing it up and putting it in a bag. It's in there for a reason. So we got so many different specialized parts inside our company and that's what makes us unique and makes us so different from everybody out there. Uh, there's not a company that can take a stance like us and not on the feed side. Granted that uh, a lot of it is focused on beef cattle, but uh, uh, deer uh, function the same way as, as really a, a, a beef animal and so uh, their parts are very similar and what we try to do at the feed yard every day of optimizing bacteria and uh, gut health, uh, we want to do the same thing in the deer and beyond that we're passionate about whitetails too and hunting and uh, so we really do want to make a difference in those uh, animals. I mean I'd say most of our competition they just think of something while they're sitting in a deer stand and, hey, I wonder if a deer will eat this. We can tell you our deer are gonna eat ours. That's what we do every day. Why do deer keep coming back to our product? And it goes back to the formulation. Uh, many people just wanna put salt, uh, sodium in, uh, because it's really the cheapest thing. And uh, that desire for that is so much, but it's truly the nutrition. I mean, bringing back the protein, uh, the fat, and just really gut health helps those, those deer. And so they desire that nutrition and they keep coming back. To take some two guys that brought you a bag out of their trunk and said, start making it, to being on the shelf of Walmart, Tractor Supply, Dick Sporting Goods, um, Cabela's, Bass Pro, Academy, you know, it's just an awesome experience to take that from a person's trunk and see it evolve into a uh, one of the major brands in a attractive category. If someone calls today at our office, if if one of the girls downstairs can't answer the question, they find somebody that can answer it. There's no putting people off. There's none of that, and that just all goes back to we have assembled. And I feel the best team in the industry. I mean, from customer service. Started with a great product, great, a great team, and that's why we continue to be the leader in this category. I didn't really understand it all until after I'd, I'd been hired. You kind of see where 
um, where the values lie. Uh, going back to me talking about, well, these are these are folks that are, are people, you know, it's shake your hand, look in your eye, and, that, and that's what they do. So you combine that with um, a good quality product and a company's values are still kind of centered and cored there. Um, that's what's really gotten us to where we are today. Now, I can remember, I can remember calling my wife one day and going, honey, you're not going to believe this. I just sold a whole pallet. I sold a whole pallet. She's like, how much is that? I said, it's 50 bags. She's like, seriously? I said, yeah. I mean, from there to where we're at now, I don't think you can pinch me hard enough, hard enough to wake me up. And the only re real reaction response I have is, yeah, you know, I'm blessed. I'm, I mean, it's a miracle. It's a blessing. I don't know what is in plan, why God has put everything where he, where he has, but he's got, a, he's got a plan and a purpose and a reason. There's no doubt about it. I'm nothing special. Now, we have special people involved in Big and Jay. I'll tell you that. And of course, Jerry. Jerry's probably the best CEO I've ever worked for, but he's got probably the biggest heart of anybody I've ever seen. I mean, his personality and how he leads just makes you want to wake up every day and strive to be better. I have never woke up or answered my phone one time and be like, gosh, not today. I mean, I've worked for those kind of places. When you look at your phone on a Friday and it's your boss calling, you're like, what now? You know, not here. Jerry call you at 7 o'clock at night. It ain't about business. He's calling about something crazy he's seen on Facebook, you know? I mean, there's <laughs> some crazy recipe he's dreamed of or something he tried to remember, couldn't remember, you know? I mean, don't dread any of those calls, and that's what makes For me as a hunter, when I see pallets of feed going across the United States, truckloads of feed going every corner of this country, for me, the first thing that doesn't pop in my head is dollar signs or business or this and that. I think, man, look how many hunters are using my little mix. To me, that's Big and Jay. shot in Georgia. I just shot the biggest buck I ever killed in Georgia. Down right there, son. What a hunt. What a hunt. Dude, this is just a stud. Big old, guarantee you six and a half year old deer. I just 
hammer a stud. I mean a stud of a buck. Oh my God. That's my biggest Arkansas buck on camera since we've been doing this. This sucker is a stud for right here where we are. I mean, just an awesome buck. I've ever killed and to do it on film is uh, pretty special. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Never, ever, ever, ever apologize for your God-given right to hunt. This is really happening. This is really When you hear the word American dream or the American story or whatever, I, I feel like that's that's me. I mean, I, I, I'm living a dream. Um, but essentially, Jeremy Atkins 
was trying to develop a deer feed and I'm not kidding. He mixed it in a kiddie pool. <laughs> Ingenuity. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I, I'm going to, you know, I'd rather you watch and get, get the full story, but it, it, it you know, if y'all go to our website or our YouTube page, it's, it's, you know, the big and J story on there. And, and it talks about how, you know, in grand Island, where all these cattle feed people are, Jeremy eventually met them and said, Hey, I think we've got something. And from there it was perfected and, and, you know, put into more of a business setting, a manufacturing setting than in a way that it could be mass produced because, you know, you can't sell it to Walmart if you're mixing it in kiddie pools. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Big business comes in at some point. You gotta, you gotta be able to do the work. So, uh, uh you know, I, I think, it's it's just really interesting because I actually, um, when I first met all the guys from Big and J, they were advertising through us when I was vice president at Texas Trophy Hunters Association and, and producer for Trophy Hunters TV. So I, I've known them since, oh, you know, they they basically started. And watching that brand go grow, I know there was a logo switch, you know, a few years back, but I mean, right now, I mean, we're, we're processing orders for Walmart, Tractor Supply, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're huge orders. And of course, yeah. we've got Academy. We've got Gain- we're, we're lucky to have Gainer out and back. You know, they were, they're a big, uh, you know, with them shutting down for a year, it was, was kind of sad. But, um, but then, you know, all, all these local farm and feed stores, that's where we do a ton of business, too. Mm-hmm. And, um you know, if you look at where we sell, yes, I mean, it's Texas is generally the number one selling state. Just Texas has the most hunters. That's, you know, we're at. But Michigan is our number two selling state. Oh, that's where we're at. So, nice. You know, and. <laughs> Wonder why you did the and, show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, Michigan is, I mean, there's good distribution. It's available at a lot of farm feed stores. I see it everywhere and, here. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see it mm-hmm. everywhere. I, I was going to say, it's funny. The flip side of that, it's funny that. When we looked at when I looked at our numbers uh, for Bowhunter Planet, and uh, it's so funny to me, our number one market is Texas, and Michigan is our number two, and we're in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Most of our viewers and listeners are from Texas. It's hilarious, and the second's Michigan, then from there it goes all these other states. But then the cool part is the international. We got a lot more international. Than I thought we did a lot more. Really, I was really impressed to the different areas. A lot of like European, European Asian. It, it was amazing the areas people uh, listen to the podcast and or our show on it's pretty cool oh i learn something new every day you wouldn't think that but you know when you look at youtube and pull those numbers it's that's the nice part about a lot of those statistics you know and it helps companies too you know where to put your branding and where to do things you need to do especially the flip side to it is a nice part is you know when you guys go to your website and you look at sales and where those sales are coming from but you can also learn where they're not coming from and Uh, that's a big important aspect Mm -hmm. that people seem to forget a lot and yeah, like for me, right? So Texas is number one, Michigan's number two. Uh, what about Ohio? What about Delaware? What about you know Minnesota? What about these other states? And why am I not getting a lot? Of, you know what I mean? So maybe you gotta do something there. Um, and it's a, you know I think it's like that for all products, but you just gotta know how to read those numbers. Yep, <laughs> that's the key to it, and understand yeah, what it tells you. Because perceptions versus data, uh, and you know is a big difference. And a lot of times kind of people perceive, Oh, well, you all must sell out and, you know, 
But I, I'm looking. I just pulled up the website analytics, and you know, you this is this is not sales. This is just people coming yep, to the site, visiting. spending time. Number one's Texas. Number two, Florida. Number three, Georgia. Four, Michigan. Five is New Jersey. Wow, wow. spread out. That's good. That's, good though. That's actually a good spread. <laughs> You're almost so, you got nothing in the West uh, though. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, I tell you what's funny. I, I did not know this, but you can actually, it's legal to use bait for elk, mule deer, or whatever in Washington, Oregon, and Utah. Wow. Didn't know that. And we do have, um, you know, a little bit of a footprint out there, but I mean, it's it, it just yeah. doesn't compare with the number of. That's interesting Hunters. concept, and you brought up in a, an important topic, and a, a topic that's going to take a, a lot of debate, obviously, with uh, baiting, non-baiting, minerals, non-minerals. Uh, Michigan is actually one of those states that next year they're looking at banning all mineral and uh, baiting. So that tells me that you guys got some work to do <laughs> from well, a legal standpoint, trying to get these you know states to allow. I mean, to me, a, a mineral spot is what what we need. I don't. I, but that's I'm my gonna, opinion. Everybody's different. I'm going to throw my opinion out, and I've I've been around the fear a lot, and I like to base my decisions off of science and fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Show me one deer that's ever died of CWD. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm the same now yeah. show me, I will, I will show you hundreds of thousands of deer that have been killed by, you know, game departments. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying, you know, I CWD is something that, that obviously has to look, but I, I don't know why we, we worry so much about this. And then we, we take blue tongue and EHD and we go, Oh, those, the, uh, we're not going to worry about those. Oh, it's got to be the baiting. <laughs> Baiting's got to be, be it. I, be I mean, <laughs> you know, and so I, I come from, I was originally born in Virginia, which ever since I was a young boy, everybody's been paranoid about CWD. I remember um, when Kentucky got elks restocked, Virginia was flipping out because, you know, the elk were going to bring CWD in and it was going to kill the deer herd. And, um, you know, you look at what a thriving economy mm-hmm. for hunting kentucky now has virginia had shoot on site like they were they they were wanting people to shoot them as soon as they came over the border so i i truly believe that we just need to take a breath um i'm not you know and and look at what problems we really are facing Mm -hmm. um you know and and i believe that there's no greater threat right now than, than the deer losing their habitat as, as urban sprawl comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that, that, you know, those kinds of things like that are, are, are a lot more impactful on the deer's herd than, than CWD. And, and I appreciate all the biologists efforts keeping it at bay, but I mean, banning deer urine and banning, right. I, I mean, <laughs> it's almost funny in a sense. It is funny. I don't it, understand it, this guy's logic, it, man. You, you know, and, and, and what mind. happens is you get some biologist that comes out of college and they've read a book on, on this and they're experts on it. And I mean, you know, are we going to ban apple? Like, if apple that trees cut down all correct, the apple trees. <laughs> yeah. Then deer congregate around an apple. No tree. more cornfields. So, but then you look at Sorry. food plots too. Same <clears throat> Same thing. They're, deer are going to no get more corn. In a food plot. Can't eat corn. I'm all for coming up with solutions that make sense, you know. But that that's what we've just got to do is make. I think it's funny they assume that it's the hunters that are causing this with baiting. I just think it's funny. I, it blows my mind. There's not that many. There's a lot of hunters in Michigan. There's no doubt about it. But to be honest, there's not a lot of hunters in Michigan. If you if you were to go into any school, 
any school in this region and say, hey, Who how hunts? many hunters are in this high school? How many kids Handful. actually hunt in this high school Handful. that actually are serious and go out and bow hunt or gun hunt? You will find probably like literally not even 2%. And those 2% would be like, yeah, my dad makes me go, but I don't really like to do it. Or you it's know. just like, like the strict open day hunters. Like That's They what hunt I'm for like two days and... They don't it's hunt just, the rest it's of not year. as bad as they're making it seem. That's all I'm saying. Like, you're talking, you know, what, maybe a total of 100 bait piles on the whole state? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, maybe 500. Who cares? It's not that many. And most of them are within the rules and yeah. tiny, you know? Yeah. Um, and we, we just don't have enough data of, you know, does any of this help or is any of this training? I mean, it just, it, it's. I agree. No, I better knows. not go too far down. Yeah, no, I get it. Let's get out of this. Let's get back to let's get back but to what I, works, and I we just know. I want to so. say that, that I just feel like there are big threats. You know, I mean, my Kansas place. We didn't hunt for a couple of years because Blue Tongue killed almost every deer on it. Jeez, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's coming back, but uh, I mean, time. yeah, it, it's. I don't know. I think we just all gotta. Stop listening to the social media, uh-huh, the frenzy, P- the social media PhDs, and and base some stuff <laughs> off of real, real hard science. Mm-hmm. But first, they need to provide it. Yep. Which is never there. But anyway, so yeah, so there's a lot of great stuff you guys got going on. It's exciting, and I I I want to be the first to say though I I've seen such success with these things, especially the cube. That's one that I know for sure. It's a hot commodity for you guys, and I you know everywhere you go in Michigan, you see it. Uh, any major store, even smaller pro shops, I've seen it. Um, pretty much everywhere. So pretty exciting, I think, that mm-hmm. you guys have that, and that the name holds a lot of recognition in a positive way. And I I've you know I've only have good thoughts of big and J and that's why I think it's really important that, you know, um, people try it, you know, I mean, you gotta get out and try these things and see how they go. And, uh, you know, I don't know what state you're in listening to this, but you know, check your rules and the regulations, obviously, but you know, uh, test these out yourself, go pick out a couple and see what you think. Um, and it's a way to you go. know, I, I'd say too, uh, I could tell you a couple of problems that I see where people don't have success with it, you know, um, is I, I see a lot of people that, and they can't be out to their farm for a while. So they'll go big, dump a big, huge, you know, 80 pounds of it in one big pile. And, you know, if you're, if you're not going to use a gravity feeder or something like that, and you know, when you pour it out, I, we suggest pour it out in a line versus mm-hmm. a pile. And, you know, when stuff gets wet over and I mean, this is food. All right. I want to be, so, I want to be clear though. That what you just implied is that um, you're not suggesting don't buy that much. You're suggesting <laughs> yeah, disperse it in a line. Just because don't, <laughs> don't pour it in a four don't foot pour it pile. in a pile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's not uh, because I, I and one of my buddies did. I walked out and he's he's literally got this pile pulled up, poured it so high it's like almost to my hip. It's interesting. You, know, and, <clears throat> you said that because I was at an outfitter in Ohio um, a couple years back now, maybe five six years ago, but. He was sponsored by a different mineral brand company, and so he would part of the hunt is he would like put mineral out for you at the hunt at every hunt. He'd bring a couple bags of you know one of these bags type thing, and he would pour it out, and he would do it in an X. He did a big X, and he said mm-hmm. the reason he said that he did that is that they haven't turned sideways uh, on those lines. And I said, oh, I guess I never really thought of that, um, but it, I think it would have worked great if I. <laughs> If I would have seen a deer, but obviously they didn't like it. But if I would have seen a deer, I think it would have worked perfectly because I agree that they would line and go across it instead right. of um, absolutely. They present you and you know, and if angle. you get it, 
if you get it poured out there, then you can have more deer feeding on it. If you pour it in one pile, you're yeah, going to get some point. old doe that isn't going to let anything come in there. Nope. Right. And then your she's shot's gonna, blocked. And, and she's going to see you. Gone. <laughs> she's going to see you for sure. <laughs> She'll be all over you. Like flies. Yeah, on you know, and I, I know, um, you know, when it comes hunting season, I mean, I pour it on the ground all the time, too. But, you know, when I'm in the feeding situation, I really do utilize gravity feeders. And, and people look at them and go, oh, they're expensive. Well, you know, you know how much money I save that I'm not feeding coons. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. saying coons don't get in and eat yeah. out of my gravity feeders, but. Well, that and less time um, in the in the the area, you know, you set your trail cam up, you no, put your sure. up, stay put it out. in a gravity feeder, and you're out yeah. till you're hunting. Yeah, and, and it just you know it keeps moisture off your product. Mm-hmm. It, it it does a lot of things to to help. And um, like I use all seasons feeders because I like that they have a little bit of a shelf over the feed. So you know if it rains, all that feed in the tray, it, it doesn't get wet. Unless of course you got you know, some kind of monsoon that's coming in, it's raining sideways, but it's like today here, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, bad I, and, here today. And, it's bad. And I think it's important too, that, you know, I always try to do like you were talking about that outfitter, you know, we run media hunts and stuff on our ranch and, you know, I like to think about, let's put this where you're going to get a shot. Mm-hmm. I'll be there tomorrow. So let me know. <laughs> you, you know Perfect. Like, Thanks. Media. I am, <laughs> you know, you're putting it in a shooting lane that you're planning on, you know, thinking about the shot, not because I've seen it all. And I've, I get all my guys. I'm like, you know, you just poured this behind a mesquite tree. We can't even see it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, now what, so, what do you, how much land do you guys hunt on down there? Uh, so I run a lease. It's about 2,300 acres down in South Texas. Nice. What are you just doing deer or hogs and deer? deer we, I tell you, you know, a lot of places down there have more hogs. My hogs are very, I, I can't put a finger on when they're going to be there. Um, they just sort of kind of show up. rotate through. So <laughs> uh, it's not real consistent. Um, but we do, um, you know, a lot of predator hunts. We've got javelina. We've got a ton of quail. Um, and, and our other company, Swagger Bipods, you know, we utilize that ranch a lot to do predator hunting. I mean, cool. we have bobcats and coyotes coming out of the, you know, Do you guys mainly so. do gun hunting down there or bow and gun? Um, we, we do both. Um, one of the things that I I get nervous about bow hunting with in South Texas is, you know, I want to make sure we, we got somebody that's really, really ready because it's very hard to track deer in that country. Mm-hmm. It's oh, very man. hard. Dirt. Yeah. Well, and, and you got to think about it. If I'm in Michigan, y'all have a canopy. Yeah. And ours, ours is about six foot wall of brush. Ugh. And when you're, (laughs) it's so when you're looking for blood, it it's falling on what most of it is red dirt, and you sometimes can't see. So what I do is just I'm very careful about you know making sure we've got a good setup and that we got Mm -hmm. a good shot. And and again, that's how we utilize Big and J to make sure somebody has that deer right in front of them. Yeah. Do you guys use like tripods then to get off the ground? Uh, yes. Uh, I like, you know, you can't get them too high. You need them to be about eight feet. Um, okay. we use pop-up blinds mostly though. Gotcha. Okay. I like that ground hunting stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I it, mean, you got, you got a broadhead that's uh, like a ram cat with a crossbow. I mean, it shouldn't be an issue. Go, you know, you could, you could tear up, you know, pretty. Oh, you, you know, that the, the problem isn't killing them. It's just finding them after you killed them. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's why we just like to make sure to take every step 
necessary to you know we we don't want anybody to not go home with their trophy but yeah it's the same thing with gun hunting i mean heck, heck you could you know we lost two deer this year that were hit with a rifle and i know they were dead and yeah. you know unfortunately it, it's it, it's just one of those things that kind of happened and and you don't have much time to find the deer because the coyotes, coyotes. found them before us yeah they're you hunters. Know? <laughs> yeah now, when you say south texas is it like south south like like you oh i'm like houston I'm 40 miles from the border. That's the answer. Do you guys get people running through there? Um, you know, we get some. Uh, where we're at, there's a big, huge plateau that we're sitting up on, and there's a big cliff. And when I say cliff, I mean, you, I'm talking you'd need some. some so it's a, it, it would take some equipment to climb up this cliff. Wow. So a lot of the traffic goes around us. Um, you know, it's. It's the border, yes. We there's, crazy. I've heard of uh, hunters. I've mm-hmm. seen pictures of hunters hunting and people running through. <laughs> like when, that's crazy. When we were filming, uh, we had some uh, wounded special forces guys that we were filming a show with uh, three years ago, and uh, I'd hired a new marketing director, and this was his first hunt he's ever filmed for us. So I send him down there, and I send him a day early, and the first day he's out there, I just said we need B-roll. He gets these two bucks getting in a fight right in front of him, just knock down drag out for like three minutes. You know, so all the veteran camera guys were like, God, that's, that's <laughs> not fair, man. He, he does first, first hunt. Well, first morning they, they've got a couple of bucks in front of them and some does. And then all of a sudden everything just kind of puts their heads up and runs. Well, as they're running off, they see a, another large buck come running by. And they're like, what in the world? And he sees this little thing, and he thought it was a coyote. And he zooms in the camera. It's all out of focus. And it's a coyote, but it's the kind that works for the cartel. Oh, man. This is 75 yards from the blind they're hunting in, and 13 El Salvadorans come in. So the show ended up being the Border (laughs) Patrol gets there with helicopters. Wow. uh, And they they got everybody, but, of course, the coyote, he got away. They're – they're pretty hard to catch. Jeez, oh, that's crazy, man. That's insane. You just don't think of that stuff, you know. It's like we're not used to that, but it's unbelievable um, that that happens that people run through like that. Yeah, it's you know, it's 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 a different world down there. It really is, mm-hmm. and, you know. And there's a lot of unfortunate things that go on down there that a lot of people in the rest of the country don't know about, and mm-hmm. yeah, and how you know, it can be dangerous, you know. And um, just, those coyotes. <laughs> those coyotes work for the cartel and, and each person that comes over, I mean, you're talking the going rate right now, I think is $1,400 that they have to pay to the cartel to be led over. Jeez. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, but I think, uh, it's, I, just, I love that region. I love that part of the country. It's just beautiful. We, you know, our sunsets, it's a little hot, it's a lot hotter than what y'all are used to, but, um, Oh yeah, man, <laughs> there's... it's nice and cool up in the North. It's like game ah, of Thrones <laughs> in the North. I love it. And it's just a, a real fun hunting culture. Um, you know, and I, I, I love it. It just seems like to me that you, the Mexico should just ask the U S to take it over as a state. It'd be so much easier to clean. Well, there's up. some good deer country down <laughs> below there. Good oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. Sure. It is. <laughs> yeah. Duck hunting, good awesome. turkey yeah. hunting. Okay, join join the there. states. We got Hawaii. Why not Mexico <laughs> State? And then we could just rush in and take clean up the cartels, and we're good to go. And we can hunt. <laughs> then we can hunt. You know, and, and they can be safe, and they don't have to worry about trying to cross a border no more. 
and, and you know that that little area right there when i say south texas it's amazing like where i live i live north of san antonio where i am right now and i mean the terrain is completely different i mean just just completely different and you know down there that's where we have our big big deer both body and antlers mm-hmm. when you get up here to the hill country it's one of the most highest population densities of deer but you know the deer have smaller bodies and generally don't get as large antlers but um it's you know still great hunting it's it's just very very different yeah it's uh it's amazing i didn't even realize i didn't realize hawaii wasn't a part of america until like in the, like like 1959 <laughs> ish i didn't realize that though before i just assumed it was a long time ago but uh <laughs> come on mexico <laughs> right join <laughs> us might as well take over that anyway um all right so uh if you if you know if you're listening online go to bigandj.com uh check it out they have so many great things josh thanks for joining us man appreciate it um let's get uh let's get you back on the fall here after we can test this stuff out mm-hmm. ourselves and then uh you know we can chat about it and see how, see how your went too at the same time Sounds good. I, I, I'd love to, um, because it's always interesting for, for me to talk about the differences. You know, I mean, y'all are going to be hunting in October, and I'm going to be miserable. I mean, it's going to be like 95 <laughs> degrees. You like, come hunt up here. Come out here. It might be 30. It might have snow. We don't got big bucks, but we do have a lot of dough and but a lot of fun. Our rut, our rut peaks about the week of Christmas. Oh. And then we have a second rut that kind of comes in around mid-January. coming. Winter. You know, so it's... <laughs> It's much different. Y'all are going to be probably putting deer on the ground well before I am, and then I'll do it well after y'all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. All right, you heard it here. Bigandj.com. Check it out. We'll see you guys next time on the podcast. Celebrating the rich tradition of bow hunting for over 31 years, Vanguard is proud to be the official optic and hunting pack of Bow Hunter Planet. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.